going. Four two three, get fame. That's four two three, get fame. I would tell you to leave a message, but the truth is, I don't really care. I've had this hotline open for months, and not one of you jokers have what it takes to be famous like me. So leave a message if you want, but don't expect a call back. I've got way more important things to do than to waste my time on losers like Mascarita Sagrada and you all. Thank you, and have a nice day. Hey there, folks, and welcome back to the Grave Consequences podcast, which is a part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Check out everything here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Search for that wherever you download your podcast. Give us a follow, rather. Um, you know, rate, review, follow, subscribe, whatever you want to do. Five stars is always appreciated. The recording date is... Saturday, November 13, 2021, just wee hours before, full gear. And um, because this drops on November 24th, I want to uh, I want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving for what it's worth. Greg, I hope you enjoy your turkey the day this comes out, sir. I will enjoy my lonely box of mashed potatoes as tears drop into my glass for me to have something to drink. Oh, man. Yeah. Play some, uh, play some bullet for my Valentine. It's just gonna be all email um, all day. Yep, some AFIs, <laughs> my chemical romance. There we go. Uh, a little bit of Blink One Eighty Two, O Three, and on. Dashboard um, professionals, you know. Yeah, the... yeah, I love dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, congratulations to the unofficial Major League Baseball team of the podcast, the Atlanta Braves, on being the 2021 World Series champion. This is our first recording after the glorious 4-2 series win over the Astros has happened. I'm still a happy, happy little boy. And uh, Greg, today we're here to review Season 2, Episode 22 of Lucha Underground. The title of this episode is Fame and Fortune. And we're gonna we're gonna do our own little spin on the on the title, which we'll we get all, to. We, we always do. We for we have been pretty consistent with that. I think we've only kept one because it was like uh, like a, a, a episode named after the match type, and it was like a new match type, maybe. Yeah. Art was just better. It was actually like a really good title. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So the very first thing in this episode, we see Dario in his office. By the way, over these next two episodes that we recorded to, today. We are going to see a lot of Dario in his office as we continue to establish the card for Ultima Lucha Dos. But anyway, Dario is in his office. He's talking about the gift of the gods and the seven ancient Aztec medallions. And he says, you know, six people are going to have to compete for these, going to have to win these. But you, I'm giving you one, man. I like the I like the cut of your jib. He didn't quite say that. I like the cut of your jib. And you know what? I'm going to give this to you. And the luchador he's giving this to is a man by the name of Nightclaw. This man is like just all dark, looks like a demon or a gargoyle. And Nightclaw says, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm taking the gift of the gods. I'm going to win that. I'm going to win the Lucha Underground Championship. And Dario points out, he says, you know what? Yeah, you're a part of the Jaguar tribe. You know what happened to the Jaguar tribe? 
their arrogance led to their downfall. And good luck. I mean, pretty good advice. A lot of the luchadors that have things happen to them are usually from either, you know, being an Icarus and flying too close to the sun or just believing they're untouchable or they're the best. Yeah. Speaking of Icarus, did you watch Eternals? No, you said it was mid. It just, I'm an X-Men guy. So like anytime they push the Inhumans and and the Externals, we just, (laughs) we, we, we are just not infuriated, but it's like, yeah, this will fail too. Cause you don't, X-Men took them out of bankruptcy. Yeah. Or actually, maybe it was after they went bankrupt, but X-Men made them so much money. And the fact that they sold the Fox and they're just still being petty about it. Yep. You know, I'll stop. I'll, I'll, I could rant about it forever, but fuck we the could, animals. Which is funny because, yes, they own the X-Men and they're just like, ah, well, we'll, we'll get to it. It's like, come on, it's the X-Men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but either way. Uh, is Nightclaw an X-Men? That sounds like an X-Men name. Nightclaw is, I guarantee you there's a superhero in, in either DC or Marvel named Nightclaw from the mid, from in the nineties. There has to have been at least one. You would assume that sounds like a superhero's name. Oh yeah. It's edgy enough for the nineties. It's all black, probably, you know, out for vengeance, anti-hero. Yeah. Probably looks the same. Yeah. But hey, we have our first Aztec Medallion match of the night. And spoiler alert, all three matches tonight are for Aztec Medallions, for what it's worth. This is our single, the singles match of the night. The other two will be different, have different amounts of competitors in them as well. But tonight we've got here Daga versus Mascarita Sagrada. And now this match is short. There's not a lot to take note of here other than Cobra Moon was watching the match from the top of Dario Cueto's office, and she seemed very um, excited. Yeah, she's uh, down bad for uh, Daga. Yeah, she's simping for sure. <laughs> she signed up for his OnlyFans. Oh, my God. <laughs> great. great. Um, also, Masquerita is just, he's and he's fighting, man. But, like, t- he just can't keep up. And it's not like Daga was taking it easy on him. Like, yeah, he didn't hook the leg on a cover one time. But, like, Daga was trying throughout here, and he struggled a little bit, actually. Yeah, they, they give Muscarita his, his opportunities. But, like, yeah, he's, he's you know, he's happy. Well, he actually, Daga's not much bigger than him. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And I like Daga. I'm not, I'm not clowning on him. but He's just kind of short. Short like me. I'm short, too. Yeah. But yeah. it's just in comparison, like you did Masquerita fight Cage 2 first? I believe so, yes. Yeah, I mean, like this was the one time that Masquerita could probably get like a pin off. Yeah. Uh, just because the size is good enough. Like it's kind of hard. Like if you're Daniel Bryan, who's great and maybe could even, well, I'm not even going to say that, but like Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Size matters to a point. I'm a short guy. I can say like in a fight. That's that's yeah. why we have white classes, size, like uh, rate, uh, recall it, uh, range, you know, uh, reach, uh, yes, weight distribution, leverage. That all matters in the fight. And Masquerita is always the underdog, always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're not wrong, man. You're not wrong. And Masquerita put up a good fight, but like as soon as Daga got in that crossface lock on him, he was done. Yeah, as he should have been. Yeah. Daga needed a win too. This was good for I, him. 
I agree. Yeah, good for Daga. Good for Daga. And you know, we know the way the famous B storyline is trending. Like it's pretty obvious. Like yes, you know he you became his new client, but like you didn't really yield any success here. He's not a he's not a Drew Rosenhaus. He's not a Scott Boris. He's whatever. He's Joe Every. <laughs> like he's not a good agent. That's for sure. He's the master P of NFL contracts. I know you'll get that reference. That's like the one football thing I can <laughs> chime in with. But you remember that? Uh, vaguely. He's notorious for having the worst contract ever made. I forget the, uh, was it a running back? But they got injured. Their whole contract was based around bonuses for like doing well, like getting yards, scoring touchdowns. Well, they got injured, so they got no it's money. Been, yeah. Ricky Williams. Oh, my God. Yeah, sorry. It's dated. I don't. <laughs> Anything I do with sports is going to be. Within no, that's fine. 30 years. <laughs> no, I remember Ricky Williams quite well. That man was like a legend. And like, he was good. He was a great player. And he went to, I mean, he went to Texas, which is like, a, a, what, like 10 hours away from here, Austin. But um, yeah, yeah, very good, very good. But I just, oh man, I just couldn't imagine having Master P be your agent. You know what I'm saying? No, it seemed it, it was clearly in hindsight, it was clearly a mistake. And, and just from interviews, uh, I mean, pe- people have made assumptions that maybe he's a little, he has some mental challenges, Master P. Yeah. Especially if you hear him talk in long interviews, like it doesn't sound like he's that smart. He's made yeah. a lot of money, but anyone can tell you that that works with rich people. You talk to, you don't have to be smart to be rich. Yeah. You, you don't. I- that doesn't shock me at all. But speaking Place. of, I'm sorry. sorry I was just going to say, you know, we're talking about bad agents here. And, you know, you kind of hit it on the head there with the Master P. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Famous B is now, like, just fed up. And, you know, Brenda picks him up. Brenda picks up Masquerita and Famous B picks him up. But then he hits a thrust kick on him. And just beats the crap out of him. Beats him with his shoe. He's mad at him because Masquerita embarrassed him. It's like no one made you take on Masquerita as a client. Like that that was the choice that you made. Like you're over here in a temple full of full of warriors, man, that, that are unrepresented. And either you didn't go to them or they rejected you for some reason. Yeah, they then the answers make a good They've been they've been doing a good job of mm-hmm. mentioning that his record's gotten worse. Yes, since he he got um, famous B as a, as a manager, and yeah. I, I don't. It was it was actually kind of like an uncomfortable beatdown, which is good. Uh, yeah, it, it was not something that was easy to watch because he was he was beating him with a shoe, which yes, you know I've never been beat by a shoe, but you just know uh, that that's you know you fucked up <laughs> if you're yeah. getting beat by a shoe. And it got the crowd behind Masquerita. It got the crowd against Famous B mm-hmm. as a heel manager. It was yeah. well executed. Yes, I would agree. And with that, our Aztec medallion match for Ultima Lucha Dos now has Nightclaw and Daga. Ooh. After that, Dario, we see Dario Cueto in his office, and he's in there with El Dragon Azteca Jr. And Azteca says, you know what? I know you think my brother killed your mentor but he didn't it was actually black lotus and in this case dario's not actually lying oh you know what you're right i just realized that you're right he's not lying no 
No, he's not because he he already lied to Black Lotus to get her to kill Azteca. For I'm ah, I just man, I wish the Black Lotus character didn't exist. Man, it's just not a good. Her character is just so stupid. Yeah, she's she would be the character in Game of Thrones that you go to the bathroom when she comes on. Uh, she hasn't wrestled yet. Still, two she's seasons. Going. She's going to once. <laughs> well, no, that this is where they establish like, hey, this is going to happen at Ultima Lucha. We're getting El Dragon Azteca and Black Lotus. Pardon me, El Dragon Azteca Junior versus Black Lotus. But. As I saw this segment, I thought to myself that always sunny meme when Mac was like, I'm playing both sides, so I always come out on top. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought of. You know what? That's crazy. Uh, we're going to maybe title it. Oh, no, we can't use it for this episode. We already have a better episode name. Yeah. But uh, there's, uh, I guess, uh, not to get off topic, but our segue is too much, but like, I think it's important to to note that, and we could be I could be wrong because I've been wrong before yeah. on rewatching, but I don't think there's a payoff for this. I think the payoff is the match at Ultima Lucha. Oh, yeah, there's no payoff. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Uh, with that, so hey, we established another match for Ultima Lucha Dos. Awesome. Yeah. With that, we have a trios match for three medallions. So win the match, get a medallion. Doesn't matter if you're involved in the pin or not. So we got a couple of odd trios here. Well, sort of. Uh, the first trio is Cortez Castro, Mr. Cisco, and their buddy Joey Ryan. Of course, two cops and a crook. Awesome. And then we have got strange bed- bedfellows for sure. Kill, Kill shot, Sin- Siniestro de la Muerte, and Marty the Moth. Sinestro and, looked kind of badass coming out, though. For sure. For sure. That's and it, though. <laughs> if I'm Sinestro, I am still just so pissed at these guys. because, And I'm kind of pissed at Dario. And I get it like, you know, you've got the association with Milmortis and Katrina, so maybe, you know, you're not going to be treated the most favorably by Dario Cueto. But still, like, I'm pissed being put in this trio for sure because, like, Kill shot, you know, and Marty the Moth with the stolen valor. By the way, for what it's worth, and I saw on Twitter this, you know, Wednesday before Veterans Day, uh, Shane Strickland was in the army for what it's worth. So this is not a case of stolen valor. Oh, wow. He was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, it's a funny story, and he told it on the bump. Apparently, his mom was his recruiter, and she got she got him. And his older sister enlisted. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Marty the Moth gets chance of Culero. And I need to look that up because I, I've i looked it up before, but I cannot remember it. I'll do it right now while you're talking. Culero meaning. Uh, oh, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I thought it'd be worse. Yeah. Oh, also, as a uh, show of good faith to Killshot, Marty the Moth, you gave his tags back to Killshot. It's like, okay, well, Killshot's going to put him back on the uh, on the on the corner. I almost said corner because I was trying to say corner and post at the same time. It's all right, bro. We're all down bad. Yes, I'm down bad. Uh, <laughs> this match. Okay. Again, I've been taking keynotes here. 
And I know you've kind of been doing the same. Hell, last recording, you didn't take any, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't. But, I did pretty good, too. I yeah, you did. I agree. I agree. Uh, one key spot that kind of, you know, stuck out to me for a laugh was Marty the Moth taking Joey's lollipop and offering it to Killshot. He offered it. Well, this is after the exchange where, you know, Joey Ryan comes out and the lollipop's in his in his shorts. Yeah. And then he puts it in his own mouth. And there's probably like a pouch, but it's intended that his lollipop's just been banging around his nuts and, and yeah, know, pubes. Pubes. So there's probably like a hair or two on that lollipop. I well, would assume. And he's putting his mouth. Well, Marty takes it from him and puts it in his own mouth. And they take they do a whole sequence where they're taking the lollipop and putting it in their own mouth. So it's, uh-huh. you know, it's one of those wrestling gross moments. Yeah. It is. It was funny when Shane he offers it to Shane. Shane just smacks it out of his hand. Like, no, bro, I'm not. Yeah, taking that dick lollipop. Nope, no lollipop for me. And uh, it's funny because the crew is like they've got Marty the Moth. Um, where, right where they want him. They're setting up for Shatter Machine, and Joey Ryan cuts it off with a super kick to Marty, and it's like, okay, well, you got offense in, but like they had a rhythm going. And all the while, the crew is pissed at Joey. Joey's pissed at the crew. They're arguing with each other, and Marty recovers and hits a curb stomp on Mr. Cisco, and then Killshot goes up top and takes up Mr. Cisco again. And with that, the odd trio gets the win. Kill shots, Siniestro de la Muerte, and Marty the Moth. And after the match, Marty takes back the dog tags and runs off. Yeah, we saw that coming. And yeah. there was a, a few comments that the narrators, uh, the announcers made. Yeah. Uh, one was Vampiro going, hey, who would have known that Marty the Moth could fly? <laughs> Which kind of popped me. <laughs> If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Uh, and then Stryker said, yeah, you know, uh, moths are great creatures. They they turn, they, uh, proof of evolution because they turn into butterflies, which... What? Yeah, I think I, he basically just said it wrong, but he was trying to, I think, say about like from a, a larva to a moth. Because I Googled it because I was like, are they the same thing? And they're in the same species, but they're a different version of that species. Like because moths have their wings down by their side, whereas butterflies always have their wings up and out. And there's other other differences. But uh, I was like, wow, that's he was just wrong. But he was trying to like just add some, you know, flavor and some poetry to, to the fight. Uh, and it just didn't come out right but that that's going to be the title is moths don't turn into butterflies <laughs> yeah matt striker former school teacher for what it's worth yeah he probably taught like math <laughs> i was gonna say uh to be fair i don't think he was a science teacher um <laughs> but whatever um after and that, we're clearly picking on him like we we yeah. we know he didn't mean that but it's just a funny so, thing he said by the way it's funny last time we recorded you had said you know you pretty much tuned out the announcers i'm kind of at the same point right now i'm not gonna lie well yeah because after a while vampiro 
and I, we pick on them a lot, but yes, yeah. they they can be a highlight of a match where mm-hmm. sometimes I've clearly gotten distracted and I'm just listing all the, the dumb things they say because they pop me. They're funny. Yeah. But Vampiro is not really a great announcer because he has trouble talking about things that aren't about him. him. Yeah. Uh, and Stryker is sometimes left hanging. Stryker yeah. tries really hard. Like we're very critical of him, but it yeah. is clear he cares and he's doing yeah. his absolute best. And you, mm-hmm. he may not be your your cup of tea. He's not really mine. I like a lot of stuff he does, but uh, he's not my favorite announcer. Uh, but Vampiro really. Sometimes there's even if you are paying attention to them, sometimes there's awkward moments, especially when they start to show off and Stryker's yeah. going down and he's and Vampiro's just moving around like, you know, gesturing and, you know, trying to be like. Like, you know, the show and it's just, yeah, I don't know. You know, they, I hate to admit it, but like they made up and I get it, you know, they wanted to use him on screen more so than anything. And then after they killed him off, I guess it wasn't really an option. But, like, Conan would have probably been a better color guy than Vampiro. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I think you would still have that stuff where the younger generation has a problem with what the older generation says. Not to a Booker T level or a Disco yeah. or even a, even a Bubba Ray level. But he would say some things that people are just don't understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I won't get into the Keith Lee thing. Uh that Booker T said, but stuff like that. He wouldn't have been that bad, but yeah. he he would have. He definitely. Conan's a very good talker. I think yeah. he'd do well. I think you're absolutely right in that he would be a good announcer. I definitely think yeah. he could do it. Yes. Um. Well, yeah. With that, Marty the Moth, Killshot, and Siniestro de la Muerte join Daga and Nightclaw in the Gift of the Gods match at Ultima Lucha Dos. So we've got five. Yeah, five of the seven. So now, you know, if you can do basic math with one more match coming up, you could guess that, yes, this was an eight-person tag. No, I'm kidding. Uh, This was a tag match. And we've got a strange bedfellows thing going on here again. Just further proof, Dario Cueto is kind of a dick. We have got the two combatants of the first-ever No Moss match in in Lucha Underground history. We've got Sexy Star and Mar- the Mariposa versus Taya and Eva Lise, who they've got plenty of beef, you know, going back to Johnny tagging with Ethan, Son of Havoc, and, you know, Taya jumping her after the match. Greg, you okay there, buddy? I'm good. Okay, nice. Um, the story of this match was miscommunication. Uh, did we already cover the Cuerno versus... Mill? Uh, that's not here. Oh my god, I'm looking at the wrong notes. Okay. <laughs> looking at the next show, I'm like, wait, do we skip a beat? I'm you sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, the, the story of this main event here was just miscommunication and a shit ton of it. And uh, the, the team of Sexy Star and the Mariposa get the win, and they actually get the win after Sexy Star is thrown on Ivelisse by the Mariposa. Oh, Mary Posa, what'd she do? She did like a uh, fire uh, Death Valley driver to Ivelisse? Because she got her because uh, uh, the ref was distracted. Yeah. So it would have still been legal, I think. Yeah. Uh, but like she fucking dropped <laughs> Ivelisse. I mean, I'm going to be honest, like Ivelisse is the worst one in this four way. 
Yeah, of the four. And by the way, this has to be the most uh, women to be in a women-only match in Lucha Underground, at least so far. I think it's the first time they've had four women. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. I was going to say the only, I guess, well, Katrina has not really stepped in the ring, but like Black Lotus, but that's it. And she hasn't stepped in the ring either. But yeah, of the four active women on the roster, they're all four in this match. And it was fine. It was inoffensive. I didn't have a lot of notes because the story got kind of repetitive. Yeah, and I don't want it to seem like we're picking on Ivelisse, but like this is our second watch through, and it's just more evident that she's not the best woman on the on that roster. Well, and it doesn't help that like she was probably at least hobbled throughout like most of the run. You're right. It doesn't help. Yeah, uh, and I don't like her character. Yeah, she's not a she's not an inherently likable character. She hasn't been from like day one. But they're pushing her. I, I never understand because that type of character is never well received. The abrasive, just confrontational, well, it's, angry woman. <laughs> here's the thing. You had hope for it in season one, you know, when they were, you know, when she was one third of the trio's champions. You're like, OK, maybe they're evolving her character. And then it's like, nope, like it, it stops here. Like this is as much depth as you're getting. No, because she's not showing any other side besides I'm always going to be. Yeah. You can be in Austin, but like you better whoop some ass for me to exactly. like you. Like, that's why people liked Austin. Like he was he wasn't nice to people. He was no. abrasive and confrontational, but he would show up and stomp a mud. That, that's where, like, you know, people started talking about stomping a mud shawl, like uh, uh, a mud hole in people. Like, yeah. I miss some of the 90s brawling from wrestling, yeah. just whooping ass and like. Ivelisse, that's her whole gimmick, but, like, she can't even do that. She's not whooping Taya's ass. You know, she's not whooping. I was going to say, yeah. She's always working from underneath. Yeah, and it's just, like, that's only so interesting to me. Like, I don't try and think of uh, another wrestler that's like that that I don't care for, but I can't think of one at the moment. But it's just, for me, it's just like, okay, so she's not the baddest bitch in the the ring. Nope. (laughs) So is she a heel? Like, if she were a heel, that's the thing. If she were a heel, this would be a perfect gimmick. Yep. She is completely miscast as as a face. Mm -hmm. I would agree. I would agree. And now with the win, we have got the seven luchadors uh, confirmed for the Gift of the Gods match at Ultima Lucha Dos. Those are, in reverse order, we have got Sexy Star, Mariposa, Marty the Moth, Siniestro de la Muerte, Killshot, Daga, and the debutante, Nightclaw. So we've seen six of these uh, luchadors in action, and we're going to see the debut of Nightclaw. I am I'm interested. I mean, it's a seven-way. It could get a little clusterfucky, but, you know, we got to hope, you know, they'll just keep it together. Yeah, large people matches tends to work better in, in lucha than anything else, usually. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. not a, a worry. And for me, it's going to be the... I don't remember Nightclaw at all, so it's going to be my first time watching him. So it'll be a, <laughs> a new experience for me. It's funny because I didn't either. I was like, oh, like who the, I was like, who the fuck is this wearing all black, <laughs> looking like a gargoyle? Like, what, what, what's the Nightclaw? Yeah, he's... Oh, man. But we, we do have one more segment here. We've got uh, Prince Puma... Prince Puma speaks to the believers. And I thought this was going to be another Mil Muertes situation where Prince Puma grabs a microphone and as soon as he tries to talk, so-and-so comes out. Well, not quite. 
Prince Puma actually speaks. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, they say, from Boyle Heights, Prince Puma. And it's, you know, they uh, try to make him, I don't know, I always assume, like, the Prince Puma character is Mexican. I hope that's not racist of me to assume. But it's funny because Ricochet is a half-black, half-Caucasian man from Paducah, Kentucky. And he sounds exactly like that when he speaks. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that we're more uh, we notice it more often now. In, yeah, you know, it's going to be 2022 pretty soon. Yeah, back then it was more. Well, I don't want to say okay, but it happened more often. Uh, and the interesting thing thing to me is that Puma, his goal in there was to build up interest in their match. Yeah, and I think he succeeded. Like yeah, he did. I, because I don't. You know, me and you, we were, we were just talking before the show started. Wrestling isn't our number one hobby. Uh, spoilers. Uh, it's, not, it's not not these days. Not these days. But, like, I love, like, this is a great, you know, great um, time for me is watching these shows and recording these podcasts. That's why I still do it. Because, quite frankly, if I lost the passion, I wouldn't be doing it right now. Yeah, it's, it's uh, and I get the itch every once in a while to write, like, a column or do this and do that. Yeah. But, like, um because of the the how bad the internet is for you know your Many mental are, health, yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't always want to contribute. But the the thing I'm getting at is that Puma, his goal was to go out there and generate interest, and he did a passionate speech. Yep. And he's he's coming off as a little bit as a heel, but he wants to yep. challenge Rey Mysterio, and mm-hmm. he makes you feel the. And we were talking about this earlier too, like the real type of like competition the real kind of fight like i want to prove i can beat you and like just like in your face like you know you you felt it it felt genuine and yeah i don't know how often he gets to talk in wwe this isn't going to turn into me uh shitting on wwe because i don't watch i genuinely don't know yeah uh, i think no, he can it's... one of the criticisms you i always heard about puma is he can't talk and i don't know if i agree with that i think he can yeah exactly well, no, he uh, he had a short promo on SmackDown last night, actually, and uh, it was, you know, fine. It, you know, it wasn't really like, a, you know, it wasn't bad. It wasn't offensive. So I, I don't it was just more like he was advancing a plot point. You know what I'm saying? And you know what? And, and as much as the WWE is scripted promos, which people criticize and I have a problem with, yeah, too, if too. that was what he was supposed to do and he did it, he succeeded, yeah. especially even from like, you know, wwe side if he goes out there and he advances the story generates interest that's all they, that's all he needs to do yeah no you're you're absolutely right you're absolutely right um but yeah he you know he's like you know you know people told me i could be the next ray mysterio and at this point i want to find out if i'm better so ray mysterio accept my challenge ray comes out to the ring to face prince puma and you know he's just like Puma, you're 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 good, you're damn good, but you are still a prince, and I am El Rey. But I want to know if I'm still the best. I accept your challenge. So, <laughs> my man, Ultima Lucha Dos just found its main event: Prince Puma versus Rey Mysterio. And you know the emphasis of Rey, why that's important, right? Yeah, it means king. Yep, I didn't know that until. 
I was looking up, you know, names for, for uh, a re- like I was looking up translations and I was like, oh, Ray means king. And then, then I saw this promo. I was like, oh, so he's King Mysterio. Yep, exactly. They never tell you that. They should. They should. Like, he should have won King of the Ring. Spanish is people don't know this. I don't know if this has changed, but I remember growing up in, in uh, school and, uh, you know, people are like, oh, you come to our country, you speak English. Well, when I was in school billions of years ago uh it was always said that spanish was america's second language Mm -hmm. and i think people i don't know why that's never brought up in those kind of arguments because it is uh but it's kind of weird that no promotion because i'm not shitting on wwe because lucha didn't really do it you kind of could tell from this promo but i didn't notice until you know the second time watching it it should be emphasized that he's a king yeah yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Seems like a missed opportunity for stories. It really is, man. It really is. But hey, that is our show. And we're going to grade this. And boy, I tell you what, I'm giving this a B. And the only reason I'm not giving a B minus is because of that promo at the end. You know, that building up that anticipation of Prince Puma and Rey Mysterio. And we knew, you know, from the finish of that, you know, 12 person tag, it was going to get here, but it's like, what are they going to do in the meantime? And, you know, we get this impassioned promo from Prince Puma who to this point had never spoke on the show before. And we get an equally passionate Rey Mysterio and it sets up our main event for Ultima Lucha Dos. Whether or not it goes on last, it doesn't matter. Like that's the main event, dude. And I, I wish if I could just grade this segment, I could give it a B, but I, I have to yeah. give the episode a C just because it's, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, it's not, there's not a lot of meat on the bone. This was just here to quickly establish and hotshot <laughs> seven contenders for the gift of the gods. Yeah, it's basically the exposition episode, and that's fine. You need it. It's fine. Yeah. It, it wasn't like, it wasn't hard for me to sit through, uh, as we've mentioned, like, you know, uh, we have other interests and frankly, sometimes sitting like we usually watch two episodes in a row yep. so that we can review two. Uh, sometimes it is hard, even if yes. it's a great episode, but uh, yeah, you know, this wasn't terrible. It's just, yeah. You know. I'm going to tell you right now, the next one, the December uh, 1st episode, the one the week after Thanksgiving mm-hmm. or pardon me. Yeah. December 2nd. Um, but that episode I'm very excited for it. <laughs> well, I, I, did I give my grade for this? You did. You gave it a C, pal. Okay, cool. That, that's it. <laughs> that was Benoit brain. Uh... <laughs> I'm never getting rid of that Bowflex, dude. I don't care what you say. Oh, my gosh. Uh, thank you all for listening. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> by the way, check me out every Wednesday night on Eddie and Caleb's ZeroCast right after AEW Dynamite. Hero-based movie reviews. Great stuff. Thank you for listening once again. God bless you. Have a very happy Thanksgiving. Or, you know, maybe if you, maybe you're listening to this months down the road. Maybe it's Valentine's Day. Have a good Valentine's Day, too, man. You know, get your DS. Do something. Uh, Be careful when you're driving Thanksgiving, though. Get a DD, call Uber, yep, or you could have grave consequences.
Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.